This is the Meet Us in Paris podcast, the podcast about all things travel, be it destinations, food, having an amazing time, or what to tr- pack for your next trip. Today's destination is best known for its baked beans, Fenway Park, a marathon, and the location <laughs> of the TV show Cheers. And why we, as Americans, drink coffee instead of tea like most of the world. And yes, if you haven't guessed it yet, we're talking about all things Boston. I am Zen, Ooh. and with me in our virtual recording studio is Kristen. I park my car in the Boston yard. And Emily, where's that, your car? Yeah. That was awesome. I need to work on my Wicked Boston awesome. accent. Wicked awesome. <laughs> Wicked awesome. <laughs> and today we have Lee, our host at large. Yay. Hey there, I'm just, sh- Yay. I'm just shaking on. my head right now. You're doing your best, Southie and Kennedy's, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So now you're in it for a special treat today. While Lee is a huge traveler like us, she's also an expert on Boston. So Lee, do you want to tell us a little bit about your special relationship with Boston? Boston. Boston. I love Boston. this. Boston. 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 Okay. So yes, before I take you all on a tour, um, I want to tell you a little bit about how Boston is so near and dear to my heart. I actually grew up over the border in New Hampshire, um, but frequent in Boston a lot. Boston is kind of like the mythical uh, fun place to be when you grow up in the sticks. And right after I graduated college, I worked for an international language school, which part of my job was to give walking tours to groups of up to 60 or 70 international students ranging from ages 10 to 80. So oh, I got now. to experience. Yeah, let me just tell you. Trying to explain how much how to bring four quarters on to get on the T, which is the subway there, um, was mind boggling and frustrating. <laughs> until I traveled out of the country and was and, and demonstrated my first kind of mind blank with money, and then I apologized for all the things I said internally. But from that experience, <laughs> I got to see lots of different parts of Boston that I can't wait to talk about with the rest of the team. Uh, but before that tour begins, we're going to have a quick sponsor break. At 21, Steve Jobs founds Apple Computer. Colonel Sanders is 62 when his first KFC franchise opens. Success can come at any age. Need help jumpstarting your success? With thousands of courses and 60-plus certificate programs, UCI Division of Continuing Education can help. Courses are offered every quarter, so start today at ce.uci.edu forward slash amazing. Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker, car packs itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anyway. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> the fact that he even packed in Revere is one of those things because you, you, know, you really want to watch a car in Revere. 
Only from a native. (laughs) So if you haven't seen it, that was a Hyundai commercial featuring Chris Evans, John Krasinski, Rachel Dratch, and David Ortiz, which is one of the funniest commercials this year. Even though it's a car commercial, it actually tells us a lot about why we love Bostonians. They're funny, matter of fact, and in your face. So Lee, (laughs) from your perspective, Lee, why do you think we love Bostonians so much? Well, I do want to say that for the record, there was a study that was done that showed that the Boston accent is the second favorite of all Americans. Um, and there's actually really? Yes. And there's a little bit of concern huh. because the, we feel that it, it really should have been number one. There could have been a problem with the sampling. We did do that. You sent me another video on that, too. <laughs> a Bostonian <laughs> responding to being second place. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That women have been. Yeah, I can't even half of it. You can't say just because it is just so, uh, so Southie. Leaped um, out. <laughs> yeah, women have been known to get pregnant. Just listening to a man. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And that's the real way Bostonians. But another reason why people love Bostonians. Well, I, I mean, it's one of those things that it's just it's got a little bit of everything. It's got history. It's got culture. Mm. It's definitely got the ocean. Um, it's got a raw, it's got everything from a raw blue collar feel of Southie to the more upper crust, um, more refined part of like Beacon Hill and even Cape, Cape Cod. So there's a little bit of stuff for everybody. Old money. Old, yeah. The older money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why don't you explain the uh, the concept of Southie for people who aren't, uh, yeah. all, who aren't all things Give us a little Boston. mini geography yeah. guide. <laughs> Okay, Southie is um, South Boston, um, and it's the South. So that's kind of where the more blue collar working class folks are. Um, and if you've if ever seen Goodwill Hunting, you've heard and seen Southie. <laughs> um, that's where Marky Mark has come from, um, and the rest My of the boy. Walberg, your boy, oh yeah, love him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and the rest of the Wahlberg clan. Um, and so, yeah, so that's South Boston and it tends to be, it is the, the grittier, more blue collar part, um, not mm-hmm. to be confused with North, not the North end. Now the North end is little Italy. It's where you can find the most delicious cannoli at Mike's that people, yeah. have, it's just amazing. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's just all sorts of stuff. I remember those yeah. cannolis are like the size of a burrito. They're huge. Oh, They're yeah. I'm not when I had one, I was like, oh my God, how do I finish this? I mean I did, but like I was shocked oh, at how course, they were. Of course. Yeah. 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 And nice. I made the mistake, my I was there with a bunch of family, and so we got a dozen of them thinking that we were gonna take them home to the folks who didn't come with us. And uh yeah, they didn't oh. make it past the car. Um, <laughs> and there were only three of us. Well, Whoever falls behind gets left behind. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's, I mean, and and Boston is just so big. I mean, it's also got, it's very, very dense with um, colleges and universities. I mean, at the time when I lived there, it had 67 colleges colleges and universities within the greater Boston area. And it's everything from um, Harvard and MIT to, um, I mean, Babson and Northeastern and all sorts in between. Isn't it considered, um, I mean, something like the most educated city because the most people per capita or whatever have degrees or something like that? Oh, definitely. I mean, and and with all of those schools, um, public and private, I mean, it's absolutely Mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, So um, okay, 
Where, where do you want to what, what do you want to talk about first? Just like the the locations, you want to talk? Tell us a little bit about some some secrets, or what, what's a good way to introduce us to Boston? There's so many things. Um, one thing that I love is, I mean, there's some things that everybody love. You know, everybody knows about. You know, you know about the Boston Garden. You know about Fenway. If you go out of town, you can go to Gillette and see the Pats play. Um, but there's some things that are that are just the lesser known things that are, that can be super fun. Um, especially if you only have a little bit of time, like, do I love the Boston museum of science? Absolutely. Lost my mind there several times over, <laughs> but I mean, and, and it's great for kids. And even if you don't have kids, you can pretend that you've got kids and that they're playing on something else. Uh, the oh, new England okay. aquarium is, is aw- it, It's so cool. Um, uh, but then there's some lesser known stuff that could be that's a lot of fun. I mean, I think walking the Freedom Trail and really getting to yeah. see the historical side of Boston. And it's for someone like me who gets lost really easily. The great thing about the Freedom Trail is you literally just have to follow a red line. That's right. it. If you don't see the red line, you're not on the Freedom Trail. So <laughs> it's like the, that was it, a it, really it, great introduction sorry when um when my first time there my friend and i did the freedom trail and we even had an app that we just downloaded and it was like an an audio guide that took us through the freedom trail to explain all those different places and they i mean if you're not from boston they're like a little lesser known like really historical churches and certain graveyards and that was kind of a trip too like there's just graveyards in these cities these headstones are from 16 1700s and they're like the really old school ones that have like the the skulls on them that look mm-hmm. like, like pretty creepy. <laughs> um, but it like, you know, it takes you through like a lot of the bigger points of the city. It was a really good way to get acquainted and see a lot of like hot spots at once. Absolutely. I have a funny, I have a funny story. One of the first times I went to Boston, I was with my parents and my parents are, since we are not, uh, they weren't Americans. They wanted to take my daughter and I, my, my sister and I to, um, uh, cities of historical note and help us learn about mm. our country. And so we went on the Freedom Trail. So we're coming from Ohio, drove into Boston, and then we're looking, um, and, and it's springtime, you know, so it's during spring break. And, you know, the forecast was for possibly even snow. So my parents packed us up in all of our, you know, like we got our winter parkas, we got long sleeve shirts, we got, you know, whatever, whatever. And and we're, we're dressed to the tees and we make it to Boston and they have essentially um, an early summer. Nice. And it's like 90 degrees out. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. all we have is long sleeve shirts and, and sweaters. <laughs> and oh, no. we had to go. And, and Boston can be pretty warm, too. So um, so we ended up having to go all buy all new clothes <laughs> when we were actually in town. Wow. So, anyways, talk about uh, a little bit of a snafu and a trip. but <laughs> That's awesome. But that's, that's a really good point. Yeah, and I'm glad that we've all walked the Freedom Trail. Um, I only just did it for the first time, at least that I can remember. This past summer, I had oh, wow. uh, like an eight. And it's funny because I have family in Southboro, which is just outside of Boston. So I've been to Boston, Southboro, Massachusetts, just so many times over my lifetime just to visit family. But we've never really like done the touristy things. We'll go into the city to like do some shopping or like get some food but not really like history 
or like cultural kind mm-hmm. of things, if that makes sense. So, um, but yeah, I had a layover, like an eight hour morning layover in Boston with my mom and my aunt. And we took the, what's it called? It's like the, the water, I think it's a water taxi. We took, we took like a bus to the water taxi area and we took a water taxi into the city, which was mm-hmm. amazing. And the first time I've ever done that. So to see the city, like sun rising in the city, uh, with the buildings coming into the water. And then we just walked the freedom trail, like in the early morning. And it was great. I love Boston. I'm so excited for this episode to like learn more <laughs> and learn from Lee, who is a guy. <laughs> so, so of the freedom trail, Lee, there's, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think typically they, uh, the official trail sites, there's over 16, which one are your favorites? I mean, there's the Boston commons, the Massachusetts state house of park street church, Bearing Ground, Granary, King's Chapel, uh, Benjamin Franklin Statue, Old Corner Bookstore, Old South Meeting House, Old State Mm. House, um, Site of the Boston Massacre, Fanuli Hall, Paul Revere House, Old North Church, Copps Hill Burying Ground, USS Constitution and Bunker Hill Monument. Is there anything that is special in your heart? I like the Old Meeting House because it is so tiny. I mean, it, it really is an old, tiny meeting house, and it's it's nestled in between Quincy Market, Quincy Market, and um, the Financial <laughs> District. Market. So when you look on, if you look at the old meeting hall with the Financial Market behind you, you can see like a glimpse into what Boston would have been back in the day, minus the cars. You can imagine it being this this free you know, trade happening and all of this stuff. But if you go literally the other side and you're looking at the side of the meeting house with the financial district in the background, you've got these giant skyscrapers and it just, it's such a cool thing. And that's one of the many reasons I love Boston is um, it was, it's, it's, probably the opposite of most modern cities because the way it was when it was founded it was i mean it has nothing magical it was a swamp and they just filled in the swamp (laughs) with literally garbage um and whatever they could put landfill and all this stuff and then once they started once the, the land was kind of solid they just started building like bonkers so the roads make absolutely no sense. The architecture <laughs> is everything from Italian Renaissance to, I mean, you've got like the skyscrapers and stuff. There's no th- common theme everywhere. Though I will say if you are going down, here's a like an insider tip. If you are going down um, uh, Commonwealth Ave and you're, you, and you're heading towards Boston Common, you will see the alphabet streets. And the alphabet streets, um, when you're right next to the the, the the uh, park. The first one will be Arlington or Arlington for those of you who might be in Texas. Um, and then I think it goes Beacon, Calendar. It's like A, B, C, D, all the way down to uh, I think H. And so for if you t- to kind of orient yourself, that's always kind of a, a nice one. It's like okay, wait a second, I hit the alphabet streets. I need to go closer to A or closer to G. Um, nice. But yeah, it's just it's stuff like that that I think makes it so cool and unusual it's not the 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 grid of new york or anything like that um it's got (laughs) character so wow speaking of the streets um one time i actually went out there for a conference and it uh, my hotel was maybe five miles away and i went to the conference five days in a row and every single day 
when I went to the conference and every single day coming back from the conference, I never took the same path twice, even though I was trying to. <laughs> I, I was not able to. I, and, and the thing is like, okay, I go down this road. I make a left here and I go down this river road. And then it's like, wait a minute. How did I get here? Well, here's the conference place. Okay, I'll just go in. And then I would leave and the exact same thing would happen. Every single time I went back and forth, it was a different path and I was trying to stay on the same roads at the same all you know, nice. using a map. This is before <laughs> GPS, mind you, but what a crazy well, thing. It, in my thing group and, and I don't know about other folks, but uh, I don't drive in this. I can drive. I possess the ability to drive in the city. I've lived in the city. I can park and all that. I did manage to lose my car for three days, but that's a whole other story. Um, I just misplaced it. I forgot which street I parked on, and I didn't need it because I was taking the tea everywhere. Um, but I did find the car. Was that's drinking it. involved? Yeah. Drinking? It, it, it probably was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Um, dumb places I've lost my car. No, um, but what I, it is, we tend to, my family and I, where'd I park the car? Um, I tend to, we'll tend to park outside and we'll take uh, the orange line in. Um, so you can do one of the long-term uh, T-stops in. And then you don't have to deal with parking or anything like that. Um, the other thing that we might, depending on where, how much time I have and stuff, taking the train, we take the train from New Hampshire down. Um, and that's just much easier too. Cause then it's just like, you don't have to deal with traffic you can kind of just kick back and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, those of us, in, unless, unless we've really got a reason we, we don't park in the city. I mean, cause even the, the airport Logan is just right outside. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking about like getting around and getting lost, um, every time I visited Boston, I was with a, like a native, but I witnessed so many people who needed to stop and ask for directions. And the people were so kind and gracious. And I think a lot of East Coast cities have a reputation of being cold and rude, but in like a lot of people are proud of where they come from, but in my experience, like the Bostonians are so joyful over their city and so happy to share it and help people. Um, there's not like, I feel like somewhere like Portland, Oregon, people get defensive. Like they don't want tourists. They don't want people coming in and making it mainstream. But like the Boston people were so happy to help people out and help them see it and experience it. And I just like loved being around that like general feel there. Like there was no fear of ever getting lost. Like you wouldn't get help or something. You know, the um, one of the reasons the Boston roads are so messed up is my understanding is that when there was like a lagoon or something like that. And, you know, is, this is one of the oldest cities in the nation is that they instead of going through the lagoon now or filling up the lagoon and going building a road straight, they would go around it. Or if there was a hill, you go around the curvature of the hill or the mountain <laughs> instead of going. Nowadays, you would just go through it. Right. Yeah. And, right. And so through that hill. <laughs> yeah, as time went by, the hills or or these roads were narrow and designed for carts that they couldn't put two cars going um, two directions. So we, a lot of these streets were turned into one-way streets to mm. add to the confusion. And there was this great old nice. Ar Wall Street Journal article about uh, how Boston's uh, roads were built, but also the fact that it's so difficult to get from a to b for lots of people who are not around and lots of people actually hire a taxi and tell them it's like i want to go here and then follow them in their own car what 
what? If they had to do, <laughs> yeah, like if they need their car to serious? pick up something, yeah, <laughs> and they'll actually hire a taxi. I mean, this was like twenty years ago, but you hire, you call up a taxi. Hey, I want to go here to here, but I'm going to follow you in my car. You know, and then you would, and they would follow. You would follow a taxi driver, a and then maybe get a uh, maybe get another Sherpa that send to bring you back home. So. <laughs> Yeah, they're definitely well, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there are, and then here's the thing: is that there aren't any. I mean, ta- there were no Thomas guides of Boston, so yeah. <laughs> so it is this sort of like you got to kind of figure it out. And the and the other thing is, is that unlike most planned cities, where if you have a a one way going left, the next one way goes right. No, all those rules are gone in Boston. <laughs> you could have two. Oh, you could have sequential streets going left, and then have a two way street, and never have one that's dedicated right. And it doesn't make Yikes. any sense. It just is what it is. Yeah. yeah. So beyond that, on the uh, the Freedom Trail, what what are your favorite sites, or what are what's name some hidden gems, Lee? You know, the places that I love are the ones that I can't get anywhere else. So I love the really old taverns. Um, mm. That that you can find around not just Quincy Market because you've got a lot of great places in, around Quincy Market and Faneuil Hall, um, but the ones that you can find kind of you know off of Tremont Street or Boylston. At, at one point, I lived in a, a four story brownstone with no air conditioning, and it was in the mm. summer. Oh. And so I would get off work and then cool off in one of the the bars, you know, Daisy Buchanan's and stuff like that, because a it was air conditioned and b they had cocktails. Um, and so that was always good. Boylston Street has a great selection of places to go. But the food, I mean, really, truly, you don't, yes, legal seafoods is absolutely amazing. But you don't have to go to the big, the big places to find a really, really good meal. Hmm. I think yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of other hidden gems. There's so many things. I, okay, I love, okay, so I'm a geek when it comes to museums, aquariums, and uh, stuff like that. Um, in zoos, but I absolutely love, I mean, you've got in within just a, a little bit of each other, a couple of blocks, you've got the Museum of Fine Art, which I absolutely love because they have a, a great exhibit. They've got exhibits of all times, but they've got, uh, they've always got some great Monets there, what I love. But even better is the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. And it's it's known, of course, because it's had, it, it's the place where back in, I think, 1990, there was the biggest art heist in history. Um <gasps> But the woman who created it is even like the story behind the museum is even better because Isabella Stewart Gardner back in the early, I think it was 1900s. This woman was a force to be reckoned with. The rumors have it that she would walk. I think it was a tiger or a jaguar, some sort of wildcat down the streets of Boston. And she collected art of all kinds and had it literally all over the house like literally you're in a bathroom and there's this like gorgeous print there Um, Mm -hmm. and upon her death she said i want the house to stay exactly the way it is and be open to the public and so it is literally the museum itself is her home but is unlike any house you can imagine and then you get little tidbits about her crazy cool life oh my god wow amazing tell me about this heist Wish like her like was the museum the stolen from or did she steal like where where did this oh, she was dead in? this oh yeah no, okay. no she was by then she was dead um okay. yeah this was I, I want to say back in um back in 1990 and it was 
they, they say that it was probably an inside job um, because there were 13 works that were stolen at the time. And it happened sometime in the middle of the night. And all I remember is that they think that it, it was either pe- some guys posing as either police officers or something like that. But they tied the, you know, they, by the time the police got there, the, the guards who were working overnight were tied up and everything was, Whoa. those 13 oh items were gone. And they've never been recovered. They've never um, been recovered? They've there never been about recovered. This? I feel like there should be a movie, like because I love. I think there is. (laughs) Yeah, Ocean's Eight. Right. Yeah, they're still offering a ten million dollar reward related to this. I mean, this is. I mean, the FBI, the U.S. Attorney. They're all. I mean, it's still unsolved, and and nothing. Even since nineteen ninety, nothing has popped up. Five hundred. Pardon me. It says I, I just had to Google this. It's like. Apparently, it was worth over $500 million worth of um, artwork was stolen. Mm -hmm. And there was a movie, and the movie was called, I don't know, like Heist or something like that? Stolen in 2005. But how would they know? Because they didn't catch them, so they don't know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's absolutely... It, it's yeah so that's i mean that's it's big claim to fame is this huge like theft <laughs> but the, the there's still lots of great stuff to see there trust me they didn't take all oh, the good I stuff they it. only got 13 pieces um, yeah, that's awesome it's it's so cool i mean and they built onto her house and they, they you know they do a number of you know there's music and stuff like that but she was she was a trip i mean a total <laughs> trip <laughs> okay what tell us about the food like where where would you recommend we go, or like what would you recommend a first timer eat? We've already heard about the burrito sized cannolis. <laughs> what else? Is there? <laughs> okay, yeah, there's so many great places in the North End. Um, okay. I absolutely, I mean, if you want good Italian food, um, the North End is fantastic. I remember actually watching when the World Cup. I remember watching the World Cup in a, a restaurant in the North End, where all I could understand was the word "goal," <laughs> and they treat yeah. And, but they led everybody. But you you just felt like you you belonged. Um, so for good Italian, I, I would definitely go there. But you can find so many other things. I mean, the seafood is going to be amazing. I mean, lobster, lobster rolls, clams, with or without the bellies, all of that stuff is going to be great. Um, but you can also find. I mean, I had this crazy good Brazilian meal um, where I left, like literally I thought I had a food, like I was pregnant with the the biggest food baby. I mean, (laughs) so you could find all sorts of great (laughs) stuff there. Um, And it'll be like, you can have uh, one of my favorite restaurants and I've got to check to see if it's still open because I heard they might be closing um, was Durgan Park and Durgan Park is, it's one of the oldest restaurants in Boston and you don't, Go there for uh, uh, exceptional service because all of the, the the it's mostly the women who work there look like your maybe your grandmother or your angry great aunt. Um, <laughs> I, I, they there. It's not that kind of like angsty service, but it is this sort of like why didn't you finish your dinner? You know, <laughs> you want dessert? Yeah, but it's it's just it's got the like they have a, an Indian pudding that is outstanding. Their baked beans, I mean, are just like will bring a tear to your eye. They're so good because you just know they've been they've been baking for hours and hours, and it's like red and white checked tablecloths and and just like old time kind of food that's just so. I mean, a pot roast that like 
it's just so good that it just makes you kind of feel bad the next time you have your moms. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's like, this is great. But gosh, that one I had at Durgan Park, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Can you, one of the most famous East Coast foods, at least in my opinion, is, um, I think you briefly mentioned it, was uh, a lobster roll. Can you tell us what a lobster roll is and how to make one proper? That sounds so delicious. <laughs> well, Have you had the lobster roll? I from like Maine. I, I think, yeah, I think I've had a lobster roll, but it was in Cape Cod, I think. But yes, I have okay, had so one, and it's delicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, lobster rolls, it, it's so funny because you can actually get them at, like, McDonald's. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's, it's a seasonal item like other stuff, but yeah, I mean, a <laughs> lobster roll, if it's, if it's done right. Okay. It's going to be in an oversized um, hot dog roll. Um, like a hoagie. Right? Yeah. Like a hoagie. Um, but the, the roll will be grilled. So okay. it'll have like a nice crisp, buttery goo, you know, kind of glisten to it. It's going to have chunks of lobster, both claw and tail. And it's not this like mystery seafood. Like, you know, from the, the redness that this is real lobster. It's going to have some mayonnaise. It's going to have, you know, sometimes you'll see a little bit of onion or celery mixed in. But it's going to a really good lobster roll is going to be heavy on the meat. And it's going to be so full that the, the lobster stuffing is is overflowing out of the, the roll and mm. if it, it, it's you could you need two hands and probably about three napkins to eat it <laughs> yeah and it only three just, it, only three <laughs> well because you're gonna try and do your best but it okay. is just yeah it is so good and it's funny because i see lobster rolls outside of new england and it's just like oh it's a, a tiny little hot dog roll yeah. and i'm like oh it's so cute like when <laughs> like, no yeah. way yeah i refuse <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that, I mean, like anything else that you would consider particularly Bostonian when it comes to food besides like seafood in general? Uh, clam chowder. You will, oh, it, can, yes. it will be yes. white. Like any, like this Manhattan clam chowder is just crap. And you, you ask for Manhattan <laughs> clam chowder and you might get, I mean, you'll at least get a dirty look. If not, like they'll be talking about you behind your back. No, clam chowder <laughs> is meant to be white um, and creamy and really, really fatty. And you just will give that one up to the gods because you are eating something that will just totally satisfy you for, I mean, get a cup of it and you will just be totally happy. Um, but yeah, New England clam chowder is outstanding there. My personal favorite and anyone who knows me, ice cream, ice cream. It's not just Boston, but in New England. I mean, the ice cream that there is just outstanding. Um, and that's half the reason why I go. I mean, yes, I have family there and I love them, but I really go home to eat ice cream. <laughs> I will say the best ice cream cone I ever had was right outside of Boston. Oh, yeah, there you go. It's, it's yes. they take it serious. Like it's none yeah. of this like light crap. No, you're gonna get full fat <laughs> ice cream, full fat in cream. a cone. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're, they're all about that. Um, if you're a Starbucks person, good luck. Yes, they exist yeah. in Boston, but yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. Donuts. It's all Dunkin' Donuts, and while they do have yeah. some, you know, barista style drinks, you're gonna get your coffee regular. 
Um, and what that means, like for those po- folks who don't know, is it's going to come with a cream and two sugars, unless you say Splenda or um, you have something else. But yeah, if you say coffee regular, it will come with cream and sugar automatically in it. You don't have to dress it. And and by I do believe it's by law that every Dunkin' Donuts has to have a minimum of ten old people who sit there all day long. <laughs> they might sneak out every once in a while, but it's it's got to have a minimum of ten old people who are pretty much telling you this, telling the same stories to each other, you know, on I a regular love basis. It. <laughs> love it. <laughs> and you'll see. I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's funny. Okay. Yeah. It's, okay. Um, outside of Dunkin' Donuts, are there like, yeah, uh, but are there any like specialty, I don't know, like mom and pop, I don't know what you call them, like just coffee shops that are good or is it, is it pretty much just Dunkin', like that's the way to go? Okay, if you want a coffee on the go, I mean, Dunkin' is the way to go. I mean, it it really is. It started just outside of Boston. But if you, but that doesn't mean that you can't get a really good, like if you want a really good coffee experience, Go over to the north end and you'll just get an espresso that will, will blow your mind and you sit and you enjoy it and you savor it. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, that, that's the I mean, and yes, if you're if if you've got that, you know, itching for Starbucks, you will find them. Um, it's, just, <laughs> it's kind of funny because you're going to have to dig a little bit in order to get it. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of other chain restaurants. It's funny because they have all the chain restaurants. Um it's just folks approach them differently. So totally true story. Uh, my sister and her husband went down to Boston for a night. They were going to see a hockey game. Um, and she was so excited because they, there was a restaurant there that they waited two and a half hours to go into. And she was so excited. She couldn't wait to tell me. And that restaurant was Cheesecake Factory. Um, no. What? Yeah. Hot. Cheesecake Factory. Now, <laughs> Here in Southern California, you can, I mean, you can literally toss a brick and hit a Cheesecake Factory within a few miles. But I'm <laughs> damned if I'm waiting two and a half hours. No, it, yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. But that's the only one, I mean, that, you know what I mean? So, like, they've got chain restaurants, but they tend to be, I mean, hmm. it, it tends to be more local mom and pop places than anything else, hmm. which is why I love it. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I told them, like, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> I just shook my so, head on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were to, let's say your first time visitor, someone's coming out to Boston, um, where would you suggest that they should stay? Like, uh, like North side, South side, you, you tell us, you know, okay. It, depending on their, what folks like, I mean, there's a lot of great places around Copley Plaza and that's great for, I mean, Copley Plaza, especially if you're going in winter, um, I, I was there, gosh, this was probably back in February or March of 2000, uh, 2001. And there was a nor'easter. For those who don't know, that is a really, really bad snowstorm. Um, and so everything was closed down. And fortunately, I was in the Copley Plaza area. So I could just kind of take like all of their like indoor, it's almost like hamster tunnels and still be able to eat and go to the conference and stuff like that. Um, I like the Omni Hotel. Uh, the fun fact about that is that's where allegedly Boston cream pie was invented and it is good there. Uh, and it's a good central location. So you can easily walk, um, and, and Boston is a great walking city. I, I, I mean, you can see so much more and get around, you might get a little lost. Um, but you can see a lot of the city just by walking. 
Um, that's a favorite part of mine. If you're really into a, the music scene or sports, there's some great places to stay out um, in Fenway, near Fenway. Um, and out there, you can probably, you, you, that's where you'll see like the Boston, you know, the Museum of Fine Arts, um, House of Blues, new location. I, I say the new location because I remember it back in, when it was in Cambridge. Um, uh, their newer location is there. You can walk there. I mean, that's a great place. Uh, so those are some things. And then, of course, I mean, I'm talking about Boston proper. All you have to do is is cross a bridge and then all of a sudden you're over in Cambridge. And then that's there's so much more over in Cambridge, you know, not just MIT and Harvard, but I mean, just some really cool places there as well. So aren't fluffernutters from Boston? Oh, I, I know they're definitely from New England. Um, okay. And every once in a while when I see fluff out here, I get all excited. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. A grilled fluff and nutter with banana. And, yeah, my dream man will make that for me. <laughs> He's like, I made you something special. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> okay, so. Now speaking of. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say about transportation. In terms Sorry. of transportation. <laughs> yeah, that's the transportation. Okay. I would say like most people are probably going to fly there. Um, and so you can easily, depending on, I mean, and they do have Uber, Lyft and all of the major things. Um, but what you can do is you can, if you're, you're watching your money, you can take the train right from, uh, Logan Airport right into the city, or you can take the bus. Uh, the, it, the train is really, really easy for the most part. Now, I, I say that for the most part because, I mean, you've got the color-coded lines. You know, you've got your red line, and the red line is known for going into Cambridge. Um, you've got your orange line, and your orange line goes out to um, the Bo- Boston Garden, uh, which I think is now called the Fleet Center, but it's always going to be Boston Garden to me, um, and Haymarket and things like that. Uh, you get the blue line and then you've got the green line. Now the green line is a little bit confusing because the green line has lines A, B, C, D. And I think there's even E, um, which I have no idea what E is that came after I left. But uh, so, and those go out towards Boston university, Alston, Brighton, and closer to like Fenway. So knowing if you can navigate the colors and the lines, you, the T can take you just about everywhere. And the T is, uh, it's both subway and above ground. Um, and it's, if I remember, and double check this, but uh, yeah, it used to be free to leave the city above ground, but I would definitely double check that one. Uh, but th- those would be, wow. the, you know, I would definitely, st- I, if you can avoid driving, avoid driving in the city. It really, you know, park in a long-term parking place. If you're coming down from, you know, the north, like New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, or anything like that. Or if you're coming out from the south, like well, let's say you just, you are you had a great weekend in the Cape. Um, you can take the water taxi from the Cape over to Boston. Um, that's totally possible. Or just you know, take the train in and, and you don't have to deal with parking or like me, lose your car. You know, I would also add, um, so when I was living in New York, my main way to get around two big cities were these charter buses. Now they have, for instance, like Megabus, Bolt Bus, um, and a few other ones, but they are the fraction of the cost of a train. They are beautiful charter, nice. They have charging, they have Wi-Fi, and it's direct from inner city to inner city. So I used to be able to take that from 
New York City directly to Boston downtown. And they usually drop you off at train stations or large bus hubs. Um, and that was like a perfect, very affordable way to get around if you're on like the East Coast. Um, and I think those buses are even expanding a lot of their routes. But that connected a lot of like Boston, New York, D.C., Baltimore, Philly, places like that. So that was Absolutely. always my way of getting there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's what I do. Like nice. when I fly, when I fly back east, I tend to I, I land at like five in the morning, um, and then I take the bus from from Logan up to New Hampshire, and I'm charging my phone and just kind of sacking out. They've got free water, like you said, free Wi-Fi and all that. At that's a great reminder. Yeah, can't go anywhere the without Wi-Fi these days. Oh yeah, and and to be able to charge your phone. I mean, you don't have to worry about trying to find a plug. Oh, I mean, every seat has the chargers. Um, nice. one totally like silly touristy thing that I think everyone should indulge in would be a duck tour. You got to do a duck Ooh. tour. I'm terrified uh, of those things. Really? I know there was a, that, 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 yeah, there was yeah, an accident in another city. It was like in Texas or something. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but Boston's been doing it for so long and you get to do it in the park. Um, and if you're not familiar with the duck tour, it is an amphibious vehicle that can drive on the roads. It's got this great big duck on the, the front of the thing. And then it can also go in the water. And the cool thing about the duck tours in Boston is that they take you in the water in the Boston, uh, Boston common, Boston in, in the public park. They're amphibious okay. vehicles. They're like big mm-hmm. buses that are boats, right? Yep, it's a That's yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. It's basically a boat with wheels. Okay. It really is a boat with wheels. Yeah. <laughs> I see those in San Diego. Ask. Yeah, I yeah. taken I think I took one in Florida, but I think they're fun. I've never had an incident, so <laughs> uh I think they're like awesome because you get like two in one kind of. Um, <laughs> I was gonna ask um yeah. the weather. I know we kind of talked about how it can be warm in the summer but like what's your favorite time to be in the city or like hmm. when should people come and visit i've only, i think i've only been there in the winter like the dead of winter and i like briefly in the summer so i'm not like too i just know the super cold snow that's all i know oh yeah well and and i i come yeah and it's i i, I could say like i would probably say spring and fall uh, summers, winter's beautiful. And if, mm-hmm. if you act and me personally, after spending the first half of my life in new England and then the second half in places that don't get winter or snow, mm-hmm. um, yeah. my blood is just thin. So I'm a wuss, but it, it is absolutely <laughs> beautiful. Um, if, yeah, it's, it's something to, to really see. And it's, it, there's some spectacular things. I mean, the city does look really lovely after snow, yeah. That said, it's still not my totally. favorite time to be there. <laughs> I also don't really love, I tend to go home, in this, but that's the funny thing. I go home and I'm usually in Boston in the winter and the summer. The summer is humid like you cannot believe. Uh, and not everything is air conditioned. Now, most of the, the touristy mm-hmm. things are, but it's hot and it's humid and you're just going to kind of be sticky. But once again, you get longer days, you get cool things out in the parks. Har- um, the, the Harvard square has a like out in Cambridge has yeah. this, has street performers and, and food trucks and cool booths and stuff like that, that you can only get during summer. I, I am totally biased by autumn. I, and I took it for granted while I lived there because I thought everywhere got the autumn colors that new England gets turns out I was wrong. 
Um, <laughs> and so to be there in autumn, but you've got to be prepared. Like Zen, like you said, it could be 90 and then the next day it's going to be 40. <laughs> and that's not even like yeah. literally I've talked to my family and they're, you know, it's, if you wait 15 minutes, don't worry. The weather really will change. So okay. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to throw this one out because being an older guy, um, one of my favorite sitcoms, uh, probably late eighties, early nineties, maybe late eighties, maybe eighties was <laughs> cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a television show called cheers and cheers took place in Boston is the, um, I understand there is a reproduction of that bar in, in Boston. Um, is it worth going to? Um, I think it's also the original one was called bull and Finch, I believe. I've been to the Bull and Finch, and it lo- really okay. does look like it does outside of Cheers. Um, sadly, Cheers was not filmed there, uh, but they used mm-hmm. the exterior. Uh, I did have a Bloody Mary there, so it's kind of, as I can say, I drank at the Cheers bar. I haven't been at the reenactment, um, mm-hmm. but I would say, you know, do some field research. There's some great taverns to be seen. <laughs> That's awesome. It's always so disappointing, these Hollywood lots that make oh, us I think know. that they're somewhere else. When I was in Philadelphia, I thought for a second they really filmed. It's always sunny in Philly. Patty's <laughs> Pub there. They do not. Um, I, those places would make a killing if they would make recreations of those places, I swear. Like Central Perk mm. in New York. Oh, my gosh. Cheers right? in Boston. Things mm. like that. The Friends Apartment, which is 40 times too large. Oh, don't oh, get me started yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Yeah. Well, I loathe the New England Patriots, but I do like that Boston has pretty much every sport represented. They have the, um, oh my gosh, who was their hockey team? Uh, the Bruins. 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 Yep. And they have the Red Sox and they have the Celtics. And the Patriots, who we won't talk about. But <laughs> the Red Sox are obviously like an institution. And Fenway Park is like its own little fun area. Oh, There's yeah. like Fenway a music awesome. venue right there and like a bunch of clubs like nearby. Oh, yeah. And, and concerts then, will be played in Fenway, too. The Dropkick oh, yeah, Murphys yeah. are infamous for playing there. <laughs> nice. And we read a fact that they patented a color. Did you know about this? Yes, the green, the infamous green monster. So the back wall of Fenway Park um, is infamously known as the green monster. And if you go mm-hmm. to a game, um, I, I should probably share, like, there is a green monster. He kind of looks like he belonged on Sesame Street and he'll come out and play with kids. <laughs> Cute. But yeah. Um, and yeah, it, they, they, they actually did patent the green that is used and that on, on the green wall, the green monster. Huh. It makes sense, but when I first heard the Red Sox patented a color, I assumed it would have been the red. I thought it, it was the red, not. too. <laughs> yeah. no. no, it's the green of their green monster. And I'm always asking my husband, like, why would they do that? Because it, like, they can't get home runs. And they're like, well, they make it hard for the other teams, too. And I'm like, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> want to help yourself out. I don't get it, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, no, Fenway's Fenway's really cool. And I'm not a big baseball fan, but I, I when I was working there, when I I would take groups there. And th- there is something about being in, I think it is the whole the oldest still yeah. used baseball, professional baseball stadium. And you just kind of get a sense of like this is kind of like a historic sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. all the all the bells and whistles. 
And um, that stadium just, it still feels right. so authentic far- from whenever it was built, like the thirties or something. Yeah. And it's in the set, like, it's re- like, I live just a couple, at one point I lived just a couple blocks away from there. So, I mean, you, it's easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the, the, you know, the, the great big gas station sign and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. 1912. Right. Oh, wow. I was way off. Yeah. It's it's a, since 1912, it has been the home for the Boston Red Sox. It's crazy. Um, Is Fenway Park, is that like in, I feel dumb asking this, but is it in Boston proper or is it kind of like, do you have to drive out there? Like how you just said it was accessible, but I'm like, it's It's off the green. Yeah. It's you can take the green line there. Unlike okay, oh, so if you were going to awesome. go see the Pats at Gillette, you, that's like right. actually like an hour and a half. Foxborough, right? Yeah, that's out in Foxborough. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can see you can see the the Bruins will be playing at um, at the fleet, or I think it's the TD Center or something like that, uh, as well as the Celtics, depending on you know what season mm-hmm. it is and season. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's very cool. Then it, so it's to- yeah. Yeah, it, it's right there. So a lot of people take the tea in and stuff like that. Um, I would say, you know, one really overlooked Boston thing, but it's totally cute, is uh, when you are in the park, there is there's the, the duck make way for duckling statue. And it's from a children's Aww. book. Um, with of the same title, Make Way for Ducklings. And so, but it's not just the statues that are cute. There's a group of people. Uh, I think they're kind of unknown who decorate the ducks based on the season. So, Aww. I mean, I've seen them with Easter bonnets on. I've seen them with little rain slippers. <laughs> I've got pictures of them all dressed up for Christmas with Santa hats oh, and stars. That is and adorable. So just, yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that is, if, whether or not you're traveling with kids, it's just cute. And when you see that, you know, it's so like, sweet. Oh my God, that's they're so cute. Sweet. Wow. Um, and that's that's one of those like little things that it, it's touristy, but it, it, it always makes I always smile when I see those things, when I see the ducklings. You know, I, I like also feel like there's so much very close to Boston. So like you could make your Boston trip as short or long as you want. You're close to Cape Cod. You're close to like Thoreau's Walden Pond. Um, you're nearby Plymouth, Amherst, like all these other places. So like I really enjoy that whole area. I feel like there's so much going on. What's, oh, what's your yeah. top three get out of Boston if people are actually already in Boston and want to get out of the city? What's your top three day trips? Mm. Providence Town. <laughs> oh, yeah. P-Town is awesome. <laughs> yeah. P-Town, yeah. P-Town, Cape Cod is a great one. But P-Town, P-Town is like its own thing for sure. That's right. a good one. It depends on the, for me, it depends on the time of year. Um. Yeah, I would go up to New Hampshire or Vermont in the fall and just see the leaves. Um, mm. I would do that. Um, I d- P-Town is always good. Um, also, it depends on whether or not uh, the, the oh, ship. Salem are- is nearby, too. Salem's great. Oh, fun fact. My my uh, uncle was the chief astrologer for the Queen Witch of Salem back when it was oh, really? Cabin. So I met, <laughs> I met the Queen Witch of Salem when I was in third grade. Um, nice. She's not green and she doesn't have uh, warts on her nose. I was kind of disappointed. She wears pointy shoes. 
<laughs> they were probably like really expensive shoes, uh, but her daughters have, have taken over for her. But it was it's fascinating being in in Salem, um, and it's not just the the Salem witch trials that are cool, um, but you've also got the House of the Seven Gables there uh, mm. by Nathaniel Hawthorne, which is amazing. It, it that in and of itself is really cool. I would yeah. all if I had to get out of town, I would go down to Rhode Island and see the the music the um the mansions. You know, you've got the breakers, you've got the, the Kennedy comp one of the one of many yeah. Kennedy compounds and stuff Taylor like that. Swift has a mansion there. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that I'm one. Kidding. I should yes. that one later. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going down to going down there and seeing those I think would be if I was there in the summer, I, that's mm-hmm. something I'd see. Okay. That sounds very nice. All right. Another random fun fact, if you are in Boston, is um, the Christian science uh, religion, their main, like, worldwide headquarters are there. It's Christian Science Plaza. And they've got this acoustic dome that is such that if you are standing at one end and a friend is standing at the opposite end, and this is huge. I mean, this is like a ginormous dome. and But you whisper really quiet. They can hear you. Perfect. Ah, yes. And that's that's fun. And then um, just going to, you know, either, you know, Prudential Tower and having a drink up there, you'll see some gorgeous views of the city and things like that. Uh Does anyone have a favorite Boston movie? Oh. Because there are a lot of movies that take place like in Boston proper. The only reason for some reason, I mean, this isn't my favorite movie, but like Ted, because Seth MacFarlane is like from Boston. Ted is set <laughs> in and around Boston. And then I just watched for the very first time in my life. I'm so ashamed. Um, the Departed, which is so Boston, oh. so Boston and so good. But like Boston, like is a background for a lot of like stories and media and movies and stuff. So I didn't know if anyone had something. I got two, but did you know that uh, the departed is based off a Hong Kong movie? Yes. Called inside affair or something like that. Infernal affairs. Internal affairs. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I did not okay. know that. Gonna, That's cool. Yeah. I got one movie that I'm proud about, and the second one I'm not so proud about. <laughs> the first <laughs> one that I'm proud about is Goodwill Hunting. Oh, right. Oh. See, very Boston. Very Boston. So brilliant movie, and it's just like, and the Boston is is one of the characters I think in mm. that movie, mm-hmm. um, just because of the schools and the environment, um, just. Goodwill Hunting. Now, the opposite one that I'm not too proud about, but I love, is um, the Boondock Saints. <laughs> Ooh, yes, <laughs> which is one of the most violent movies, but it's just an amazing movie. Yeah, you like, can be you proud about that. Film. That's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, God, those are so good. Jeez, I, I would have said like, my yeah. Go ahead. Oh no, I well, I'm ashamed to admit that I have yet to watch Goodwill Hunting. But it's Whoa. been on my list to, of Whoa, things bro. to watch. I know, I know. It's like a classic, and I don't know. I just, I know it needs like the attention that like, I just yeah. need to like sit down and like really watch it. And I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> but I really need. I love Boston so much. I need to watch it. Um, I yeah. literally just googled movies that take place in Boston. Oh, and good. <laughs> I haven't seen like so many of these, but. I could t- I've seen Manchester by the Sea. I didn't love it, oh, but I yeah. saw it. That was depressing. <laughs> yeah. Um, or like, let me see what else. I've, the Game Plan. Oh my God, with The Rock. 
apparently it was in Boston. I don't remember <laughs> that, but I've seen it. <laughs> oh, but Lee, you were going to say something and I just cut you off. Well, no, it's it's funny because, I mean, you, the top two that I love are The Departed and um, Goodwill Hunting. And for me, Goodwill Hunting, I didn't, I mean, when that movie was made, no one knew who Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were. I mean, that was They their, were nobodies. They, they that's were That's what put nobodies. them on the map. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we think they were in Kevin Smith movies. Were they even yeah. in the, they like wrote Goodwill Hunting and got it off the ground and everything, right? They did. Yes, they, they wrote did. They wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Crazy. So, I mean, the, that, that's, and I saw it only because of Robin Williams, but I would say um, oh, this isn't oh. a, um, it's not a movie, but it was a TV show that I, Zen might remember this. Spencer for Hire. Um, yes. Yeah, that now there was a movie eventually made, but honestly, the TV show with Robert Ulrich, um, I've read all of the books by Robert B. Parker, and they're just so spot on um, that that would be one. I mean, but other ones, Mystic River and Gone Baby Gone, I think they were both by Dennis Lehane, were, were also good movie representations of books set in Boston that were good. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, and 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 f- as much as I'm not a rom com person, Fever Pitch, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jimmy mean, Fallon Jim- and Drew Barrymore. Oh my gosh! Yes, and Jimmy Jimmy Fallon goes back east all the time. As a matter of fact, he's I, I don't know how much time he spends in Boston, but he spends a lot of his summertime in Wolfboro, New Hampshire, where my family lives, huh. and they see him and his daughter all the time. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he goes back there quite a bit. So. But yeah, fever pitch. I mean, it captures Red Sox fever in a way that like, yeah, I mean, especially because the, when the movie was set, I mean, they still were on that massive losing streak. So mm. they didn't win yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But those okay. are some of those are some of my favorites. Well, I think we're coming close to our hour. So wow. I think one thing we might might be fun to leave off with is leaves to close want to tell us your top three bostonian slang yeah <laughs> and explain what they mean <laughs> i you know i think boston or or back east in general i mean the con the really it's not just wicked but if something's a wicked pizza I mean, oh, that patty was a wicked pizza. Um, could be really good, could be really bad, you know. But just like, like when you com- like when you com- combine those two, I mean, wicked is just a wonderful. It's a wonderful adjective to use with anything. Uh, it's kind of like the southern equivalent, or it's like y'all, uh, you guys. You guys is just. I mean, it's. I mean, New York can take credit for it as well, but it's a great way to kind of pluralize everybody. And it, and it takes into account, you know, a group. But yeah, Wicked Pissa is like my, when I go home, the Wicked Pissa comes out. Uh, it's also, <laughs> I would say, the Wicked Pissa. Oh, the Wicked Pissa. Um, the other thing that I would say, and this would be my word of warning for anybody who, um, who is not familiar with East Coast language is that, the F word is used quite frequently and, and it's not necessarily because people are upset. It's, it's a one, it's, it's a highly effective word for using <laughs> a bunch of different ways. But um, like, and I didn't realize it in, <laughs> it, it is back home. It was, and I didn't realize how much 
we used it until I, I moved to the South and I was working at a, a, a major university. And one of my staff was like, Miss Lee, you cuss a lot. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize. But when I go home. It's a verb. It's a. Oh, yeah. You can say it and it's, it's wonderful. But yeah, no, um, my, co- my go-to in a clutch, um, that would be what, I mean, there's just, there's, there's so many um, of things that I like, uh, things that, I mean, there's a lot of things that throw people off, like, um, a bubbla, um, which is like a water yeah. fountain. <laughs> like I'm going to go to the, you know, grab it and you know, that's sort of thing. Sodas. Um, the other one, you know, cobblers, uh, that's where you get your shoes replaced, you know, placed and stuff like that. Um, in, in, in Boston, what is a pizza? I is know it's it a, a pie. Pizza. No, is it's it a, a pizza. pie. It's no, a it's pizza. A, okay. It's a pizza. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm like, uh, it's a pizza. That's just funny. Um, <laughs> the pause, the pause is like, no, because some places it's, it's a pie. <laughs> is a joke? Yeah, I was yeah. just wondering. Well, no, it's no. soda, right? It's soda. So, it's soda. Yeah. Soda is used. It's more, yeah. Cause that can be a Coke. It can be a Sprite. It's a soda. Right. Same thing with a, gr- you might hear um, a grinder or a sub. Oh yeah. Um, You know, so that would be one that might, you might need like, um, how do you make a U-turn in Boston? You flip a Yui. Mm. <laughs> you flip a Yui. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. See, these are things that I don't think of because I'm not living oh, there. Like, oh yeah, yeah. there's. I think I've heard it also like in the movies, like bang a Yui. Bang. Yeah, you can bang oh, a Yui. Oh, my too. uncle says that all you the time. Bang a Yui. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, and then yeah, you can definitely do that. Um, you'll hear of. When you're there, um, they'll talk about, you know, my people would be, you know, cow Hampshire, you know, because we're from the sticks. Ugh, um, nice. And then we also call, you know, Massachusetts residents mass holes. So <laughs> I thought that was the drivers. <laughs> huh? I thought that was all the drivers. They're mass holes. Oh, yeah. Well, they can't drive. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, and this is one thing. If you do not know how, like, the etiquette of driving in and out of a um, turnabout Mm. Yeah, you're you're screwed <laughs> because because you've got to you you got to demonstrate courage. I remember the first time I drove a a guy I brought home to meet my family, and uh, I told him as we were leaving Logan I, in in a rental, I said I need you to understand I'm going to be driving aggressively, and unless you really truly feel like you're afraid for your life, you just need to to, sh- Deal to, with to it. keep it down. <laughs> yeah, might be the way I would have said it. So um, so yeah, but that that would. Those would be a couple of bubblers and stuff like that. Uh, and then you, you've got random, you know, I mean, because there's so, you know, the Irish and the Italian cultures are really influenced there very much. So you'll get a couple of, you know, slangs in there as well. So, um, so this would be a couple. Man, I'm, yeah. I'm going to think of a whole bunch more. As soon as, we, as, soon as we're done, I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I forgot that. Give him the brothers the best. Post them on like Instagram for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what we'll do. Yeah. Is social. Yeah, yeah, cool. That'll be a good one. Do like a little quiz where people can guess oh, what yeah. it means. Um, oh, I've okay. seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was lovely. A lovely note to end on. <laughs> um, yeah, really. I really enjoyed that. Um, but <laughs> we've talked about so much. We've covered so much ground with Boston. And if you want to hear more, then check us out as far as more as it's in like other episodes, maybe, maybe more about Boston in the future. But if you want any other episodes, then you can check us out on Facebook or Instagram, our social media pages, uh, where you can find photos of our adventures around the world. 
interesting articles, and more. And last of all, before we leave, we want to give a big thank you to our sponsor, the University of California, Irvine, the Division of Continuing Education, which offers only the best continuing professional education. If you need a career boost from anywhere around the world or looking for a new profession, check out our online courses at ce.uci.edu. Once again, ce.uci.edu. And thanks again for tuning in. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right.